Hey. I mean, it's been three years. It's been a minute or two. I know, and I feel like I have very little to say about the mountain of movies we have seen in the meantime. But uh... did I hate? Did I hate them all? No, <laughs> I didn't hate them all. No. Did I like any of them? No. I think there's a couple of. Uh... Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah no. I like I liked one of them a lot. I liked I liked uh, Massive Talent a lot. Oh, did you like that a lot? I don't know if you saw that. I yeah. did see it. I did okay. see it. I wouldn't say that I liked it a lot. I would I would say that was one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. I well, we got so we have a. I have at least let's see. I think I have four or five theatrical. We're going back to ambulance here because we yeah, I've got I got ambulance. About. I got dual and the unbearable. And the Northman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get to those, I, um, how are you, by the way? We haven't talked in a very long time. Oh, you know, I'm doing okay. How are you? Great. I'm okay. I'm all right. I had a pretty rough weekend. And then for some reason I had a good Monday, which is a weird mm. thing to have. So I'm, I'm doing okay tonight. So I streamed something this weekend, and I don't remember if you told me you saw it or not. I know I was aware of it from somewhere. So do you remember a movie, a horror movie from, I think, last year called The Cursed? Hmm. No. Okay. So it wasn't you that saw it. So it just... might have been. I Yeah. So this was a, uh, I, I'll just get out of the way. I don't have that much to say about it. But um, this is a case, I think, of marketing doing a movie a disservice. Because this was the trailer for The Cursed. It's a period kind of horror movie uh, about a community of settlers that are being tormented by a creature. And essentially it's a werewolf movie, but the trailer for it, it's not an A24, but they certainly made their best effort to market it like an A24 elevated, Mm -hmm. you know, relentless, weird, arty, next level horror movie. And the trailer was very intriguing. And the movie itself was so by the numbers kind of boring and gray period piece nothing elevated or complicated very like linear tells you what's happening you see the monster there's no mystery involved uh so i was a little disappointed oh so you're just kind of like bringing it up to just yeah it's something i saw say that you saw it if anybody was intrigued that's my take i was a little disappointed i thought it was going to be more yeah did you ever watch midnight mass no i didn't Oh, I did. I really enjoyed it. I'll have to toss that one on the list. Little limited series, um, but I but I watched it very very quickly. Is that a Netflix thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like it is what it is. It's yeah. religio horror, so it's my <laughs> my my speed. The uh, characters, or at least the people who work in church, are all very biblically literate, so I can keep right up with all the dryness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's just some wild bonkers characters. I, I really enjoyed it. That's always fun. Okay. Um, that's interesting because wasn't the other there was a movie called Mass that we both enjoyed quite a bit. Yes, this is very different from that. similar qualities in a different way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th- this is you know, this is, th- yeah. this, th- there's no reality in this. Right. Okay. All right. Well, where do we start? Do we go. I guess we go back right. to ambulance. That's the oldest thing we have, I think. Ambulance, yeah, it, it is. Yep. <laughs> so I feel like this. Is I feel like I feel like I have to. Yeah, it's it's an action thriller film, <laughs> directed and produced by Michael Bay. I've heard of that guy before. 
and it stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Yahya Abdul-Mateen and Isa Gonzalez. And we got a bank robbery, these adopted siblings, you know, they got to pay for a surgery. So he like goes to his kind of no good mob mobish connected brother who wants him in for this heist and they'll be able to get a million dollars and pay for his wife's surgery or something. Um, guess what mm. goes wrong? No, oh. go, go, goes a little wrong. And, um, then they have to try to help the cop they shot in an ambulance. And then it kind of just turns into like a regular speed movie right. where yeah. we're in an ambulance and we're in with a EMT who's, you know, beautiful and used to be in medical school, but she just couldn't cut it or couldn't live under authority or who knows what her problem it's is. It's just but, a job to her now. Yep. 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 And so, yeah, you know, after helping a little girl who's been impaled, you know, and feeling nothing for her, she her next her next gig is this hostage ambulance situation. And so they ride around. There's a lot of ordeals, all sorts of ordeals with different different folks and uh, a lot of yeah. explosions and car crashes and um you know, some a little bit of cop sympathy. And um yeah, I have I have a lot of questions about this screenplay. Mm-hmm. And about how it played out, but um, what, what what was your experience seeing Ambu L.A. ants? You see how they put the L.A. Yes, into that's ambulance. very clever. It keeps you geographically orientated, which I found helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's something about like no, knowing the the context of a movie, being familiar with a filmmaker's voice, and knowing what you're in for. So when I saw right. Parallel Mothers. And it was kind of melodramatic and then suddenly took a sharp left turn into just political understated drama and did never really resolved. It's I, I knew that that was Almodovar's voice and that was I was seeing his film and that's the way he thinks. And likewise, I went into this, you know, to see a Michael Bay movie and mm-hmm. I knew that it was going to have lots of slow motion. It was going to have uh, amazing stunts. It was going to have cool actors acting cool uh also i think he i think he got a drone this time i think that's new mm. so the constant uh, establishing shots where the camera's flying up the side of a building or whatever mm, that yeah. kept happening all throughout the movie anyway uh it, it, it it's really it was dumb and that was exactly what i anticipated i feel like it kind of does what it says on the box kind of thing and um it was really dumb but i was entertained I think I, I think I had a good time at the movies. I didn't love it, and I probably won't you know won't think about it again after this conversation. But it's fine. Yeah, I I mean it brought up all sorts of just movie audience member questions that mm-hmm. you know they're not for this kind of a movie. I agree with you that it is exactly what you thought it was going to be, but like the nature of the brothers' situation. Did they just want to cast these two actors and so they made them adoptive brothers? Or was it crucial that they were adopted? Or was that just to explain that they were different races? Right. So, yeah, it's been a while since I thought this deeply about this movie. And I'm remembering now all of that stuff about their relationship and their past and their their father, their adoptive father who was a crime boss of some Mm -hmm. kind. And then the fact that at various points in the 1990s in flashbacks, they are seen wearing 
like 1950s style cowboy costumes mm-hmm. and firing cap guns at each other in slow motion when it's poignant towards the end of the film. Yeah, I, I don't have answers to any of those questions, but it's a it's very you wonder if it was just written with brothers and then they were like, oh, but this is our cast. So, yeah, they right. retrofit it. It's probably most likely that seems that weird. seems most likely because I don't know. Yeah. And what is it about that just socially or culturally that I would find distracting? Like, right. wh- why? What? What's what's with me that I would <laughs> right. that, that I would hone in on that and think, huh, that's weird. Yeah. And I don't think that really the way that um, emergency services work is reflected very well in mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that that's the way it goes. And. Why is everyone just ready for a shoot 'em up? I guess that's right because it's a Michael Bay film. But I feel like if you knew a bank was being held up, like why would you call in the military artillery to surround the bank? Wouldn't it be better when the streets are full of people to just let them escape and then catch up with them later? But when you've got a vendetta and it's that, you know, like everyone's got pre-existing relationships and it's all, they've got a setup for the ultimate action encounter. Yeah, it's a bit. Right. It's like we're at war. Whereas I feel like most, you know, daily operations of like police and fire and um, medics don't operate like they're in a war zone. Right. Well, and likewise, just the port, you know, it works really hard, this movie, to, to do what a lot of movies do, which is to give you some sympathetic criminals. Yeah. And to, you know, to, so it's a little complex. So you're kind of rooting for the brothers, especially one of them. And then, you know, and then in the, in the, in the resolution of everything, it's a little absurd how well everything works out for people who deserve it to work out for them. Yeah. And when a when a large sum of money is you know smuggled in a uh, in a, a car seat, and when people forgive crimes just because hey it's all uh, it all worked out, yeah it's he saved my life. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was kind of a throwback to like '90s action, I guess, in that way. But uh, it was kind of a, a, a particularly. Uh, egregious in terms of what it's asking its audience to buy into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I were going to be in charge of some police or whatever, I would hope that maybe people wouldn't be killed if they didn't have to be. Right. Like I, I wouldn't be just uh, expecting dozens of casualties. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's why you're not the chief of police in a Michael Bay film. All right. So that's ambulance, right? Yeah. Uh, two and a half stars. I don't know. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. To me, he raised it. To me, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I mean, he's queer canon, so <laughs> I, he can do whatever he wants, and I'll go yeah, see he's perfect any for movies. Something like and, this. He, he, yep. yeah. yeah, like he, he played this just right. He is like the right. the straight man who can play a gay character and have nobody raise a controversy. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of those people that's allowed to say faggot. Like mm-hmm. he, he, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. the the gays have come around him interesting he i think maybe because he uh he did a major gay character before it was cool and now we like how madcap he's become yeah plus he's hot so he can do what he wants and everybody wins yep yeah he's always he makes very interesting choices uh he's always good 
All right, so I guess I'm thinking chronologically duel is next. Yep. And I guess it falls to me. All right, so I you and I very much enjoyed the debut film of yeah. uh the filmmaker here whose name is Riley Stearns. Riley Stearns made a film called uh The Art of Self-Defense with Jesse Eisenberg probably mm-hmm. 3 or 4 years ago now. And it was a very quirky kind of a uh indie funny but a little bit dark and just very weird movie about martial arts and uh i i don't even remember the details of that one but we both were really tickled by it so i was very interested to hear that uh this uh new film was coming i'm uh sorry i was looking for a pronoun for the director and i think it's a, it's it a is a gentleman mm-hmm. okay uh so Yes. So uh, with great interest, I read about this film and then I saw the trailer and thought it was a little odd, but that's kind of what I was expecting. Uh, Duel is a 2022 American satirical science fiction thriller film written, directed, and produced by Stearns. It stars Karen Gillan, who uh, I think is fantastic. I'm Mm -hmm. always happy to see Karen Gillan. Beulah Cole, Theo James, and Aaron Paul. It is about a weird kind of, it says the near future. It feels like an alternate present. I don't know. A, uh, in a version of our world that uh, in which terminally ill people can choose to have themselves cloned. Some this process is not really explained. Somehow you can have a full clone of yourself at your current age made and then prepped to replace you when you go for, for the sake of your family. That's an incredibly flawed, weird premise. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to go with it, though. That's the yes, central right. conceit of the movie. And the fact that they don't spend a lot of time on science fiction-y stuff means that you, it's not about that. It's about right. this story. So it's a story about a very strange individual named Sarah, played by Karen Gillan, who uh, finds out... First of all, she just has this bizarre life. And it took me... It was really weird getting orientated to her situation. She's depressed. She... She has a boyfriend, fiance, who I guess is is uh, in the military, and he's placed somewhere, or he's he's uh, stationed somewhere, or he's just working a job. I couldn't quite figure out what. Right, I that I didn't get that either. Was. And uh, but anyway, she finds out she is terminally ill. She decides to undertake this procedure. Um, again, it says to save her family from the pain of losing her. That really does not make sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, she does this. Uh, this it's this movie is so uninterested in science fiction details. There are no special effects. There is no literally. She goes into an office, gives like a throat swab or something like mm-hmm. that, and then in the next scene, she's face to face with herself. And uh, this double follows her around for a while, gets to know her life, her family, um, and then blah 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 blah. The, the conceit of the movie is eventually Sarah's double essentially takes over her life. She's way more likable. She gets along better with her fiance and with her mother. And then uh, it seems to be dragging on and she's not dying. So it turns out she finds out she's not dying. And uh, now she has, uh, normally, if you find out you don't need a double, you just put them down. They have a procedure for kind of retiring them. But because it has been so long and her her, her, uh, double desires to uh remain alive they have to now fight a duel to the death 
to find out which one of them will continue occupying Sarah's life. And so she trains uh, the Sarah we know, the, the protagonist Sarah, trains with uh, Aaron Paul. Uh, I don't remember his character's name. I believe he's Trent. She trains with him. He's a martial artist, which is a little bit of shades of uh, the art of self-defense and uh, prepares for the big day. And then events unfold and the movie ends. And I think the final, the very final scene of the movie is my favorite part of the whole thing. I did dig the the, the final note of the movie. Uh, Dan, I thought this movie was clunky and weird and everybody talked in the same stilted way, which made no sense. Uh, there wasn't a very dynamic movie. I wanted to appreciate it. I went in with high hopes and I felt it was kind of a uh, failure. How did you feel about Duel? Well, I feel like it was better than a failure. I really like um, the director's style um, from a writing perspective because uh, he wrote it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the way everyone speaks in a really stilted way, but it's not just about the stilted way. I feel like everyone is incredibly honest about their emotions in ways that are kind of sweet and that we aren't in real life. Like the whole thing with um, like teaching Aaron Paul to dance, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that like you would never say a lie aloud, like that desire or inner longing, you know, you'd think, Oh, that's stupid. And you wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, you wouldn't pursue it, but these characters are so just brutally honest with themselves for, for better or worse. Um, I went with the world because that's just what it is. I was curious how often it happens that a double isn't needed. Like he or she makes a miraculous recovery, but did all the other people make miraculous recoveries? Right. Um, that it, that having the duels became a thing and then there's kind of a host and a mm-hmm. small group of people who show up on a high school football field to, <laughs> to see it happen. Right. Um, I like that the doubles aren't robots that they're their own person who you know that at first she's kind of interested in finding out who she's supposed to double but then kind of has more of a zest for life than the person she's replacing and goes off on her own because i thought well are you they supposed to replicate memory and everything so it's just like you're there except you're Mm -hmm. gone and the answer is no it's maybe they try to learn your history but it's the best they can get um, I didn't, I mean, it took me a minute at the end. Was that supposed to be a turnabout that you don't know which woman is which? Uh, here's my reading of the ending. If we're just talking yeah. about it straight out is that double Sarah murdered Sarah. Right. And took over her life fully right. and then found that she was just as unfulfilled and right. depressed as Sarah was. And then she kind of just stops in the middle of this turnaround and contemplates what she's gotten herself into. Right. Why, why would it, it, I didn't understand why she was so suddenly depressed. I think it was just the right. It was just a joke. I think it was just the yeah. joke of the movie that, haha she did all this stuff to take over this life and then discovered oh but yeah i don't know she's in in the reality of the movie she's already had months if not years i think it was years to discover that she didn't like that life when they go on the hike and it seems pretty apparent that she's trying to trick her um are we not supposed to know who is who in that because i feel like it was supposed to be a surprise like as things were revealed later about like the contact lenses that they're revealing which one it is that survived 
Oh, I thought with the contact lenses, it was just everybody was bought in. So that boyfriend, mom and double were all like, okay, we're going to do whatever we can to pretend you're Sarah. But yeah, why would they want to if they kind of hated Sarah? Right. They I don't hated know. her. Yeah. And yeah, they're all just kind of miserable. <laughs> it was such a weird movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed watching it. Like it's yeah. more um, intriguing than a lot of movies, mm-hmm. at least kind of imaginative. And some of the, to me, some of the dialogue is just hilarious. I, I go in for whatever he's laying down. Yeah. I thought it, I, I, I appreciate all the things you mentioned. I, I do like that. It's about characters and humans and that there's no robots and that the sci-fi is just a flimsy you know, excuse for a character story. Uh, I do, I guess I found the writing. I didn't want every character to talk like that. It kind of bothered me that the the personalities were just interchangeable. Like it's, it works better if you have characters that are like that, if they're contrasted with normal people or uh, dynamic type characters. And the fact that everybody talked with the writer, the screenwriter's voice, I guess, or whatever, uh, I found that to be a little bit much and it kind of took me out of it for a, a lot of it. I feel like art of self-defense is like that though too. Doesn't, doesn't everybody talk in the same stilted way? Yeah. Yeah. For some reason it worked better there. Yeah. Well, there's, or I was less aware of it. I think that the characters too were more clearly defined in that movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And Jesse Eisenberg, who's perfect to play that kind of a character. Um, I think that's true too. I think that he brought a persona to it. Mm-hmm. Karen Gillan is like adorable and peppy and, and like, you know, so she's playing against type and I think she's doing a fine job, but she's working with the material she's got. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I feel like, um, yeah. Imogen Poots was also in. Yes. It was the, it was, they were then. No, wait, who was Poots in? Am I think who was, what was a bad sci-fi movie that we saw? It wasn't Jesse Eisenberg. Was it? They weren't together in the, in, you know what I'm talking about? The movie about the like fake neighborhood that the aliens made to like lure people oh, in and make babies. Right. Who was in that? Who was the it guy? It might have been. If I could just remember what that movie was called. Um, Who cares? But yeah, it, it was Eisenberg. Yes, it was Eisenberg. It was him, right? So it was the two of them. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That movie was insane. Ugh, right. That uh, was so hard to sit through. Yeah. Um, was, this movie's way so better. So boring. That. Oh, yeah. I think, too, that. Um, her character wasn't written with much going for it. Like mm-hmm. at least Jesse Eisenberg, I mean, he brought what he brings as an actor, but he's also a loser. He also right. suffered a traumatic attack. He right, also, right. he loves, he loves his dog. Like mm-hmm. you, you see some, you know, human recognizable elements in him. I feel right. like this character doesn't have anything going for her except that, oh, she is terminally ill. Right. That was her only personality trait. But we meet her before she knows she's terminally ill. What and does she do? Drinking and she's miserable and we don't have a backstory. Yeah. And I mean, to, to just be at the end of your late stage alcoholism is not yeah. really a personality either. The movie's Vivarium, by the way, was the oh, I'm trying to think of. I feel assaulted that you reminded me of it. Sorry, that. I looked it up and just the imagery from it. The little baby flipping them off or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Stand in for the audience. <laughs> all right uh yeah so i i didn't mean to say that this movie is a failure i guess i feel like it failed ultimately for me but it's not an abysmal Mm. failure it's an interesting 
this guy's i'm still gonna want to see the films this that uh this guy makes yeah so. it, it didn't have enough of a crescendo yeah. i wish that there would have been maybe a little bit more plotting between the two women and a little bit more paranoia as they kind of go off into the woods um rather than just sort of being led off to the slaughter unawares that yeah. that was pretty boring I, I think that um like something like the lobster right where that's mm-hmm. another kind of stilty movie right. that's in a weird world that that has a crescendo of of what happens yes. to the characters right. same with art of self defense and mm-hmm. it kind of came full circle with some of the lore that they had told right. um this this movie didn't have any lore no. and it didn't have any interesting characters and yeah I do. I am okay with, and even kind of admire the fact that we don't actually get a duel. I, I like thwarting yeah. of expectations, and I don't like when movies feel like they are tethered and they're just bound to have some kind of big violent conflict at the end. So I, I don't mind sidestepping that for. But I did just feel. I guess I was baffled by the character setup in the beginning, and I never really got over it. Even yeah. though there's lots of interesting turns along the way. See, that would have been an opportunity for some lore, mm-hmm. right? Like, what if that had been the first test of whatever the Supreme Court had (laughs) decided about the, you know, 28th Amendment or whatever they said it was? Right, right. Yeah. Because they kept on, they opened with that guy and they kind of kept on showing him and coming back to him, but he had no connection to the characters in the story. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, there's something that, what, what if, what if that had been a, a thing that had resonated with, this woman and he was kind of a haunting figure as the the double who won the duel and he's known across the world as that yeah instead of he could be anybody and this seems to happen all the time and they have support groups for it and yeah why are all these duels not working out (laughs) that right then the people recovered and in the character relationships there's something about having her boyfriend fiance whatever he is remote and kind of this, you know, f- peripheral figure mm-hmm. and not even meeting her mother as a character until, w- you know, far into the story right. after she's avoided her call. Something about that, that just, there was nothing to latch onto. What are her relationships? Like her relationship with him was strained, but that just could be because they're remote. Like we didn't have any sense of where she's coming from, what her life has been like to this point. Mm-hmm. And that would have, I think, helped a lot. It, but uh, that might just not be what this movie's interested in. Right. Like, there was random, um, m- random moments where she's looking at porn and stuff, and I wondered about that too. Is is that just supposed to be that she's to show that she's dissatisfied with her life and relationships? That's not always a thing of dissatisfaction. Is she mm-hmm. hiding that part of herself from a partner because he like calls while she's watching it? Mm-hmm. Um. What was that about? Yeah. Yeah, very curious. Is it just a throwaway moment? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I like that the movie's short. I always, I think especially high concept movies or <clears throat> science fiction or things like that benefit from being more concise and short, but I feel like there's maybe some gaps mm-hmm. in this in this one. I don't know. Curious. Um disappointing but uh you will you know as i said i'll still want to see what uh stearns is up to next does it now fall upon me to talk about the northman i guess we can say would you rather talk about massive talent or the Northman? no i can i can talk about the northman and then you can talk about massive talent i think you'd like that okay all right don't you like it that way 
I mean, sure. All right. So the Northman, 2022, epic historical fiction of, by Robert Eggers, who co-wrote the screenplay along with Sion. Is that how you say this? I believe so. And this is, I mean, a Hamlet-esque story where you've got Amleth, I mean, <laughs> Hamlet, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, a Viking warrior prince and uh, Nicole well, Kidman sounds like is... like Omelette the first time they right? said it in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Ham and eggs. <laughs> Nicole Kidman is his mother. And um, he's got a father named Arvindil. Is that how you say his name? Played... Sure. Yeah. Played by Ethan Hawke. And, I mean, turns out they're not the happiest family, but they uh, get betrayed by Amleth's uncle who takes Nicole Kidman as his wife and they think that young Amleth is dead but guess what he's not um he grows up and uh he you know comes across Anya Taylor-Joy <laughs> they they, they plot and they they plot and they scheme and he hopes one day to have the uh have the revenge on his uncle and there's a lot of Nordicry throughout lots of uh spiritualists and witches among them Willem Willem Dafoe an unhinged performance Bjork unhinged yeah. <laughs> and I really don't have much to say about this movie except to say that I thought it was just brutal and unrelenting and unoriginal and it looked really good yeah it was lovely um, all right. So I think we had, a, we've already had a text conversation about this and we had shared some of our criticisms. Um, uh, I think I'm more positive on it than you though. And I think in hindsight, I've, I've been more, uh, appreciative of it with time. So let me say what I like about the Northman. Uh, I do think it's my, of the three films Eggers has made the witch, the lighthouse, and now the Northman. He loves that definite article. Uh, this is my least favorite. I think the lighthouse is probably my favorite. The witch is very good, but it's very dour. I think that the lighthouse was incredibly entertaining uh, and weird and funny. So, uh, but this movie looks good. I like the injection of, of weird spirituality. I mean, not to no offense to our ancient Nordic friends. I mean, to call that religion weird, but the way that the film plays with it is very strange, mm -hmm. visually interesting. And the way that, you know, uh, the way things are depicted, the way family trees are depicted and the way that uh, spells are cast and things like that is very, very, and the dreams of Valhalla and perhaps uh, journeys to Valhalla are depicted. I think all that stuff is very interesting. Um, I do think it is a little too long and, and unrelenting and brutal. I think it revels in that. I think it's exactly what it wants to be. But thematically, the thing that I came to appreciate in hindsight was if I had to, you know, it's kind of a very simplistic revenge story and it does have those, those Hamlet elements and it is what it is, but there's also an element to it of uh, finding out that the, the, the narrative that has driven your entire existence might not be what you have believed it to be your whole mm -hmm. life sure. and what to do with that. Now the movie doesn't really dive too deep into it, but I thought this was an interesting element where, you know, you're at the, you're at the very culmination of your revenge plot 
and you find out that maybe the details aren't quite what you've assumed they were mm -hmm. for your entire life. And what do you do? And how does that feel and play out? Um, I do find that interesting. I think that's an interesting twist. Uh, it doesn't necessarily overtake the movie, those themes, but I thought that was an interesting thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, you, you kind of know what you're getting. It's, it's not, I don't think it's as dumbed down as like a, a, a gladiator Braveheart. Although I think Braveheart might be a more entertaining movie than, than this. Um, it's still, I, I don't know. It's still got that a 24 Eggers feel, but it just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm devolving into criticism now. I feel like it was um, too simplistic, but I don't want to criticize a movie for that. I like it. I like something that's stark. It doesn't need to be complicated to be good. But uh, I, I mean, there was no intrigue for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of ugliness without kind of any sophistication or, as you say, intrigue. There's not really any. Because you 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 figure out pretty early on that he's become an unbeatable machine. You right. don't know if he's going to be successful in his revenge ambitions, but you do kind of know that he's going to make it through every episode along the way because he's always the smartest and strongest in every situation. Yeah. And Anya Taylor Joy, I don't know. She's always interesting. I like looking at her. She was she was in it. I mean, yeah. what was the point of her character to try to kind of urge him on and Right. I mean, what was what was her relationship to the plot? Yeah, I don't know. Like she needs to be there in a in the sense of carrying on his legacy, but what is his legacy? What's her legacy? She doesn't she She's a pretty minor character, mm -hmm. but she's not just a femme fatale. She has an interesting no thing going on the movie just doesn't spend a lot of time on it and then in the end she really kind of just exists to bear spoiler alert his children in his absence so yeah i don't know and like i guess i guess if you know a lot about nordic mythology maybe this was all very exciting to see you know the the way that they talk about things or the specific stuff that he's fixated on but i'm watching it as a movie you know and i'm guessing it's not a, i mean on the one hand he's notoriously obsessed with authenticity eggers in terms of language and you know kind of look and feel but this this is not whereas the lighthouse and the witch are designed to feel like they are taking place in a specific time and even if they're fictitious you know what i mean you're supposed to feel like you're experiencing something authentic this feels a little more like an action movie with a setting the historical setting mm -hmm. so oh anyway. yeah it just was not for me it was for many others in the theater though like when the mm -hmm. when the director came up people were like oh yes <laughs> oh oh my gosh that was so good i mean even the third time i mean it was amazing oh wow and it's just like the third time <laughs> I could barely like I I walked back and forth to refill my drink. I wow. took a phone call. <laughs> I, I was I was so disinterested. Wow. Uh, would different actors have no, would a different no, everybody, uh, omelet? Did a, everybody did a great job. It was fine. What if Patrick just, Wilson was omelet? <laughs> you're right. I would I would have liked it then. <laughs> or Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Jake or Jake. Um. 
I, th- I thought that actually the women were probably more intriguing, right? I mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman gets that one insane scene, right? Uh, where you just like, oh my gosh, what a soulless person! Yeah, ugh, yeah. I didn't understand why they needed to to burp and fart while dressed as dogs <laughs> in an early scene. Oh yeah, was that supposed to be funny that. or was that meaningful as? like an embodied something yeah, to the know. earth. I don't know. Maybe it's just like, you know, Eggers does a lot of research. Maybe he just read something about these manhood rituals or something and thought it was funny or cool and mm-hmm. forced it into the movie. I don't know. I do not know. I didn't know what to make of it. Yeah. Like in There's the a... light, in the lighthouse, some of that is like funny, weird, mm-hmm. right? There's like a little wink going on. But here yeah. I I didn't know what to feel. It was just put mm-hmm. out in front. There's a um a sporting event yeah. in the in the film that's incredibly violent and very violent. Uh yeah. I don't know. It's it's yeah. It's the Northman. Uh I guess I'm I guess we're out of steam on that one. Mm-hmm. Still gonna, I'm still gonna keep a keen eye on Egger's career. I still think he's an interesting fella to, uh, oh no doubts to follow. All right, the unbearable weight of massive talent, which apparently the the studio and the marketing team are a little worried about, so they're just referring to it as massive talent in some of the marketing. Have you seen that? Oh, well, I think that the title's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not even resonating in the movie itself. It's not even like a. Uh, it's just kind of a of a smarmy kind of joke in the title. Yeah, I didn't. It's not a good title. <clears throat> I don't know what the title should be, but yeah, I agree. It's not optimal. So anyway, but that's the title we get, and it is, in fact, a 2022 American action comedy film, directed by Tom Gormican, who co-wrote the screenplay with Kevin Etten. So this film stars Nicolas Cage as a fictionalized version of himself named Nick Cage uh, with a supporting cast that includes Pedro Pascal. Love him. Sharon Horgan. Love her. Ike Barinholtz. He's cool. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. They do not have Tiffany Haddish. There she is. Tiffany Haddish and others. So this movie was filmed in Croatia in 2020. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, So yeah, we have a fictionalized Nick Cage playing himself in a film where he is, uh, you know, he's, he's known for being uh, a poor manager of his finances and he is in debt. And so he'll take any job he can get. And he takes one basically going to a rich dude's uh, birthday party down in, I guess it's South America, Central America. And, um, we come to learn that this fellow may or may not be caught up in a criminal syndicate and intrigue uh, ensues. I'm desperately trying to remember what this movie is about. It, it's been a minute since I saw it. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It's a funny movie. It's a it's a uh, being John Malkovich. It's a actor playing a comedic version of themselves. Kind of a risky thing to do, especially for someone like Nick Cage, who is kind of, I don't know, he's you know, he's method and and you don't know how seriously he takes himself. So it's kind of, it's a little bit surprising to see him involved. I guess I would say 
and as far as fears of an actor getting involved in something and then ending up making a fool of themselves, I think he pulls it off. I think that aspect of the movie is very entertaining. I think it it's uh, going to work in his favor. I think audiences are largely reacting positively to the movie. It is. Um, so here's what I like about this movie, Dan. This is, you know, an action, a self-aware action comedy. It's, I believe it's pretty short hour 45, something like that. And it moves at a clip. There is an editing kind of rhythm in this movie that I really like. And I would really like to see other movies imitate. And that is that they will end one sequence with characters planning their next move. They'll say just enough of what they're going to do. And then the sequence will cut into the middle of the thing they were talking about. There are no prep scenes. There is there doesn't feel like there's a lot of fat in this movie, which is smart because you're you know you're buying into a big comedic premise. It doesn't need to take itself very seriously. Of course, it gets very actiony and violent and intense towards the end, but even that is undercut by what happens at the very end of the movie. So, uh, without getting into a lot more details, I will say that I was entertained and I thought this was a good, if not great comedy and it accomplished what it was setting out to do which was not an easy thing to do yeah i agree i did enjoy it um i wasn't familiar with pedro pascal before oh i like i liked him a lot mm-hmm. i thought that he made the movie work by um being so winsome yeah because if you weren't you got nothing right um i i like nick cage and his strange later years version of himself um sharon horgan great to see yes (laughs) like like i think that whole thing where they're trying to impersonate some people really relies on the two of them on a tightrope in a weird reality and and i feel like i wasn't quite sure why they had cast her before like what Mm -hmm. why was she the wife in this in this fiction and then i saw that sequence and i'm like oh that's why because because she can strangely pull this off um, yeah. I like Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz. It, it's it's weird to see when I when I think of something that is comic and light that then characters um you know get hurt or die. Mm-hmm. Um, that that doesn't seem right for the universe, but yeah, it's a diff- different kind of movie. Apparently, there is a lot of material with Barinholtz and Haddish that was cut, mm. and probably for the best because I'm always happy when a movie is shorter. And this movie, as I'm saying, I think it moves very well, so it's probably for the best. But it's a shame because I they they were a little thin. Their characterization mm-hmm. and their you know their screen time was a little thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I liked all the references to the the Cage movies, and they mm-hmm. kind of gave a you know, a raise of the glass to the ones that you like for whatever reason, because it hit you at the right moment. Right. Um, that, that's nice, a real thing. Yeah, totally. And also nice to see Paddington too get uh, <laughs> a bit of the yes. attention it deserves. Because everyone loves Paddington too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I've never seen it and I maybe want to keep it that way because I think it's better yeah, just for it to glowing. be this thing for me. Yeah. That right. <laughs> best people's... reviewed film of 2020 or whatever. It is really good. It's surprisingly great. But yeah, it might be at this point better to just let the the glow of its admirers warm you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I think this is successful. Uh, you know, I guess if you were like a super Nick Cage fan, this might be your new favorite movie. But uh, I was just happy for them that it wasn't a disaster, that it works. And uh, I mean, I don't know who I'm happy for, but I was just like, hey, it was fun. It was good. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Did was that everything? I, I saw Doctor that. Strange, but I don't know that anybody oh. cares. Yeah, I don't. But <laughs> I can't, you so, can't. No. no, it's fine. It's it's incredible. It's one of the dumbest MCU movies, but it's very fun and entertaining. And it's it's a Sam Raimi movie, so it's worth seeing for that energy. So that's it. All right. I guess we did it. Do you have anything else, Dan? I don't um, think so. All right. Uh, streaming Rex. I finished the first season of Severed on Apple TV. I think that was oh. very interesting. I watched it too. Uh, you did? Oh, yeah. okay. So uh, what do you think? It was great. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that there were so few episodes. I was like looking forward to turning right. on the next one the next day. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, and it had that uh, perfect slash infuriating mix of new revelations and cliffhangers in that finale mm-hmm. yeah. where every single thread leaves off in a place where you can't wait to pick it up uh, again. So, yeah. And you were talking, we were talking before about duel and the, you know, the importance of lore. And I think that severance handles that very well Yeah, where there's just enough politics and stuff, but it still leaves you wanting, but it's got an intriguing amount of lore that makes it uh, rich and good. The other thing I'm watching on HBO max is our flag means death. You know what? I've been hearing about that. Yeah. It's I good. Need to watch it. It's funny. How many episodes nice, are there? It, there's 10, but they're half hour. They're comedy. Okay. They're, they go down smooth. And yeah. Recommended. Nice. All right. That's it. Uh, we caught up. We did it in under an hour. And this was anything. episode 99 of our Ooh, podcast. Who is the next yeah. one's the big one? That's the big one. I don't know if we want to. And we'll quit plan anything yeah maybe we'll after that we'll quit we'll kick it down the road a few months and then we'll just be like it just never happened yeah (laughs) can't be bothered no but uh what a delight it has been catching up thank you to our listener parentheses s close parentheses (laughs) and uh we'll see you at some other time i would imagine so thanks jonah rapino for our music thanks apple podcasts for writing our names in a database so that they show up online Mm -hmm. in association with this. Okay, bye.